individual callers does not necessarily represent or reflect the views of OSI or its members. Warning, no reading of relayed scripts or instructions of any kind or you will be muted from the call and chat room. With that said, welcome to the OSI Technological Harassment Conference Line. Hey, for, all the new li- for all the new listeners on the line, we're talking to targeted individuals. We're trying to get similarities of their targeting. Uh, we're trying to get what type of targeting they're under, physical or electrical, what type of harassments they're getting. And we're finding out there are a lot of similarities in these harassments. Oh, JT, go ahead. Uh, I was oh. just wondering if uh, somebody else would like to speak up. Oh, okay. I need a laugh. Kim, you need a laugh? Are you on? Laugh? No, um, uh, the person I'm talking to knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, it's a whole other area of humor, isn't it? Where's the old ships? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, not my field, fellas, so I can't. Uh, What's the frequency, yeah. Kenneth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, should, um, yeah, I'm not going there, man. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you can be my straight man, Kate, if you want. I'll just you know fill in the gaps for you. But if you ever get to New York, like I was saying before, you know, in the city, you, you, if you're on Facebook, you Facebook me, and unless I'm, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> in a situation where I can't get out, so to speak, you know, grab some yeah. coffee, you may find hang out, you know, start building a crew, which is what I've been, I've been trying to do. You're building, building a crew, getting getting people together, but not. Yeah, but I know. I Facebook. tried doing that. Oh my God! I got bloody nailed after that. <laughs> well, you know, they you know, get so, you know, trying to reach out to people by calling teeth, you know, everybody's a you know But we're here, and, and we, and, and uh, you know what? I, I, oh, Mike's asking if you have a Facebook page. No, I don't. Um, uh, well, I, I do, and, and you're welcome to. I have no problem doing, uh, throwing out my email to you right now online. See, I don't care. Robert, we'd like to invite you on one night just to listen. 
Yes, I would. I would love to listen. I I wasn't I'll, I'll let informed you know about I this. I apologize. That I came on so late. But hello to everyone hello. and uh, stay strong. Hey yeah, Robert, I would. Uh, is like there any way? You, excuse me, uh, Robert. We'd like to invite you on one night just to listen. Yes, I would. I would love to listen. I I wasn't I'll, I'll let informed you know about this I, call ahead of time, so I just well, heard about it. Are we gonna it. get back on? Yeah, yeah I'll let you know about it. Well, Robert, you have to go to bed early. Um, yeah, uh, my, my uh, yeah, how about we set yeah. something up, and I'll let you know when we're having a good call, and, and you come on and maybe give us some uh, input. Yeah, I, I can give some advice, but I'll I'll learn a lot, too, by listening um, you uh, will. about what people are going through. That The data is very important to me. Well, this is what's helping me write my book, Robert. I, I didn't is want to give my any... secrets, all my secrets out, but I'm going to tell you, this is uh, what's helping me write my book. All right. That'll, that'll be very interesting and important. So, yeah, let's have that conversation. So let's make uh, another call. Okay, I'll do that, Robert. I'll let you know ahead of time. And uh, when we have enough people on the line with enough interesting stories, uh, such as we did tonight, uh, I should have let you know earlier, but uh, we'll have that talk. Uh, I'll see you later, I hope. We appreciate you coming on tonight. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. Thank and you, then everybody that uh, God bless. reads his books, be sure to get uh, Project Soul Catcher, and he's got a new book coming out soon. Yeah, uh, called How to Tame a Demon. It's a beginner's guide uh, for TIs, those that are newly indoctrinated, what they should expect, the mistakes they should avoid, but it's wow. sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, chess game. And I just want people to know the consequences of every decision they make and how far ahead uh, these people uh, have thought uh, to discredit the target and to destroy their lives. So it might give them a little bit of an advantage. And it's a very short book, very terse answers. It's written in a form of frequently asked questions because I get a lot of questions. I don't have time to answer everybody individually. So I decided to put this in a very short, cheap book. You know, it should be like $11 on Amazon. Uh, and uh, it should help uh, a lot of good people. I'd say I'm about five days away from 
the finishing writing uh, probably another week for editing, and then should be published a week after that. But I'll I'll put an announcement. Up. Yeah, make right. make sure you get a copy of Project Soul Catcher. Very interesting book. Uh, it's actually book two. Book one was a little too technical for Robert to put out, but uh, yeah, I'm going to put that out eventually. But it is mostly transhumanism, the positives of the changes to go on in our society. Uh, and we can steal this technology, and I shouldn't say steal, but take it away from the evil side. They, every technology is neutral you. and show all the positive uses that this has in medical and uh, uh, other, other uh, uh, applications. And then it gets very much into the, the science, the mathematics and physics, which will bore most people. And that's part of the reason that it hasn't been released uh, and then uh, uh, The Matrix Deciphered, that was never supposed to be published. It was never finished, never edited. And I finally decided, okay, I'm going to edit it properly, <laughs> grammar check it, spell check it, uh, get the facts all straight, and then I'm going to uh, publish that as well. So I have a few books coming out. Yay! Very good. <laughs> we're excited. Uh, yeah, we're very excited about Thank uh, you for your support. Getting more of this. Yeah, Cynthia Hamill, uh, who's a good journalist, she writes uh, on Blogspot. Uh, Cynthia, are you home. on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, everybody. Can you tell us about your Blogspot? Oh, yeah. Well, I basically started this because I, on my. huge journal where I could just like segment that information and then have this huge, you know, four or five book series coming out. And then lo and behold, Facebook started erasing all my writing. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to kind of cover my assets here, you know. So I wound up um, like uh, redoing my blog spot thing um, under uh, the research rabbit hole, W-H-O-L-E under blogspot.com and that thing started taking off. I just wrote it for a lecture that I was doing for about an hour and 15 minutes and um, it was with the paranoia con and I was speaking on electronic harassment and I thought, wow, you know, I'm going to have to write this, uh, you know, like an overlay or something up in front of the class to explain what I'm talking about. So why not just turn it into a blog? So that's how the, I started the whole blog and then 
within like uh, two weeks or like two to three weeks, I had like over 10,000 views on it. So that thing started taking off and now it's got 14,000 views on it and I've not even really promoted it. I, I like stopped promoting it the first two weeks that I was doing it. So a lot of people are um, finding it and, you know, of course it's got all these links and stuff that I found in my own research on um, stuff that's documented on the internet about electronic harassment and Dr. Robert Duncan's work and Dr. John Hall's work and then Dr. Barry Trower's work. Um, so it gives all the links that I found that explains the technology to the best of um, what I found. And so it's, it's been fascinating and it's, it's been a good thing, a good way to get the word out on what's going on where people have all the links together and, and can just yeah. YouTube stuff. Yeah. Could you repeat? Okay. Could you repeat the address, please? Sure. It's under um, the Research Rabbit Hole. W H O L E. Okay. At blogspot.com, and it may actually be dot blogspot.com, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You know. I'm still Google working that. on a location. You're gonna you're gonna show up, right, for our OS Informers uh, meet and greet. Now, is this the one in San Diego? Uh, no, it's gonna occur in the uh, Inland Empire area. Sure, I, I'd be interested in going if I can. I'm still doing a lot of work right now with the 9/11 Truth Group, but if I've got you know a free week, I'd love to come. That sounds really really cool. Sounds great. What was the date again, Johnny? It's gonna be on Saturday, December seventh. Okay, and what was that location again? Well, uh, it's going to be, uh, well, the one that I'm uh, negotiating with and waiting to hear back on is going to be in San Bernardino. Is that California? Okay. Yeah, San Bernardino, California. You know, you, do you know where Rancho Cucamonga is? I've heard of that. I think it's not too far for me. Is it between San Diego and Vegas? Uh, yes, it, it's closer to San Diego than it is to Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I've been through that area. Yeah. Yeah. San Bernardino is about 315 miles from Vegas, and from San Bernardino to San Diego is about 115 miles. So, yeah, we're a little bit closer to you. It's about 115 miles away from you. Yep. Oh, and near Del Mar? Pardon? Is that near Del Mar? No, Del Mar is on the coast. We're inland. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Is, uh, Kate, is Kate also on the line? Hi, Kate, would you there, like to say Clyde. hi? How you doing? Good, you? Just fine. Kate from Massachusetts? Yep, hi, Mary. Hi, hon. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Hi. Hey, it's a love fest, love. huh? <laughs> it is. That's what we need. We need it. It is. Uh, uh, Robert I didn't realize you like... were involved with this group. I just got on last night for the first time. Uh-huh. Well, I was listening to Dwight, so. Uh... Yeah, they caught me. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we... Um, we were having a little group chat, and uh, I was disappearing on them, so they got to wondering where I was. They caught me. 
Yeah, we we actually play a, a little joke. Uh, this is Robert Duncan, and uh, every time we do a, a, a talk show, whatever, some of us try to come on to make the other person laugh. Robert, I asked, I asked you to, and you didn't do it. Oh, I know. I didn't. I did. Well, I got on, and I thought you were talking to a different Robert. You know, I didn't know who was all uh, one. <laughs> but no, yes, I, yes, I am Chip. <laughs> glad to have you. We're glad to have you on tonight. We're about to hit our five-hour limit time, and the call will end in the next three minutes. We have another call. Uh, I'm sure I'd like to have you and Kate back on one more time. And yeah, we're, we're a good group of people. We, we don't crash. Uh, we're straightforward. We try to be straightforward. We do have some harassers, but we get rid of them. Uh, OSI does a good job at getting rid of the harassers. Be uh, sure to join the osinformers.lafora.com forum and for all your information. If you'd like to read more information on targeted individuals, uh, presently they're undergoing a rebuild for a Dotler Forest site. But uh, as soon as it gets built back up again, I'm pretty sure you can gain a lot of knowledge there. Uh, a lot of people have put information into this spot and uh, on targeted individuals through uh, physical stalking all the way to electronic stalking. We try to cover all areas. And Robert, you're welcome any night. Uh, you and Cynthia and Kate, uh, I'll have to send you out an invite. You can yeah, in. please, please send me an invite directly. I, you know, I you'll find, you'll find a lot of information, and uh, yeah, you can do that. That'd be great. Yeah, you know, every so often I'll I'll get a new insight from some TI that tells me one of their tactics, one of the tricks that they're pulling and I want to expose I want to expose all of them because they tend to use you know some subset of, uh, of this very large uh, set of tactics in either group stalking or electronic harassment but I want to expose every single one of them so in a new TI you know and those are the ones I'm really trying to help those being just brought in the program have no idea what to expect what's going on I want to tell them this is what they're going to try to do. This is why they're trying to do it. Don't fall for it. It's all trickery. And, you know, just uh, get them ahead of the game before the damage is done. Doctor. So, yeah, it's important to me. Yeah, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my targeting is uh, vehicular stalking. I do get some head stalking. I yeah. do have some countermeasures with uh, some of the um, techniques that they use. So, uh, if it, oh, if I, can... I would love to hear that too because I'm publishing uh, what, and these are anecdotal stories. Uh, we haven't done mass studies yet because we can't get the government grants to do this on a large scale. But at least the anecdotal stories of what works and what doesn't is very helpful for new TIs. So I'd love to hear those stories too. Yeah. I well, feel Robert, so privileged uh, you're on the call. I've heard so many good things about you. He's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, and Kate is also. Uh, Cynthia uh, is also. Well, Cynthia's a fine journalist. I know. Man, there's so many good people on this call. It is a love fest. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, if you get a chance, uh, maybe we'll uh, publish at the same time, Robert. Uh Compare publishings. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. That'd be great. I remember your your books focused on gang stalking, isn't that right? Mostly. No, Is no, that, I'm an no? electronic stalk. Uh, oh, okay. I cover, electronic stalking. I okay. cover electronic stalking. Uh, I've actually put a few of my pages on the OSI Informer site. Uh, no, I started out getting the torture immediately because I caught them immediately. Yeah, I, and I, you, I caught on to and, it immediately. Yeah. There, there where are people do you, they can. Where do you go live, ahead, Dwight? Are you, are you in Texas? You sound like you have a southern accent. I'm I'm in South Carolina. Oh, okay, well, southern accent. Okay. <laughs> you may no, have but, different but, but for for some of the defensive work, shielding and jamming technologies that I want to work on, my biggest problem is I don't have TIs that are being attacked electronically. Most of them are purely D2K, which, you know, is one form of electronic attack. But I want the people that are being tortured in pain, their bodies are being tortured. So you would be a good subject uh, to bring into my lab when I build some of these devices to test on or ship them to you or something. Dwight, what about Mike Mason? What about Mike Mason is a... I didn't mean to interrupt on that and speak for Mike, who's trying to get some rest here. But I, and sorry, my name is, is JT, sir. It's an honor to just be on the same line with you. But but I have a friend, Mike Mason, who has saved my life, I'm sure, uh, by just being my friend out here in New York. I'm a TI. And um, he suffers, uh, I feel bad he's sitting right here, with just physical pain, just like intense exhaustion. As it yeah, is, yeah. It's just un- debilitating. You have to take all these caffeine pills to keep going, which are eating up his kidneys. You yeah. know, and I worry about him big time. And he says mental pain and physical pain. And so I don't yeah. know if that would, um, if he would, if he has a, the the things specifically that you're looking for that would help you with your test. It might. I, I'd have to, yeah, listen to all all the different electronic attacks he gets to see if he falls into hey, the I'm category. Hey, I'm sorry, guys. I got knocked off the telephone. Somebody okay. didn't want me talking. Okay. <laughs> we hear you. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that would be interesting to me. He, what part of New York is he living? He's in Queens. But, but the great thing about Mike is he's, he's an awfully, awfully bright guy, and he's very articulate and very, very thoughtful. And so you, you're going to get a real quality feedback to, to the questions yeah. and the experiences. Yeah, I thought that yeah. might be handy for you too. But we're, we're, we're uh, he's in Queens. We're both in the in the boroughs out here. And, and I'm uh, here uh, d- d- yes, sir. Dwight, have you uh, given uh, your specs yet to other people for your sleeping quarters that you find relief in to see if I it put, works with other yeah. people or? Yes, I put some pages out on the OS Informer site, and I'm sending them out to individuals. The thing is, some of the individuals don't even have the money. They're they're so uh, yeah, that's attacked. The, the, yeah, they don't even have the money the to case. afford some yeah. of the protection. And that's but, the uh, problem. Once somebody knows, by the time they know they're in this program and they're attacked, 
their finances have been depleted. And so, yeah, yeah there, um, there's there's something I'd like to add about this. Caroline. Yeah, that's me. Hello, everybody. Hi, Robert. Hi, I'm so pleased Hi. to have you. So honored. My name is Kellen Henry, and I'm a TI in Texas. My two kids are TIs as well. Uh, one of them is 19 years old. I wanted to add um, to what you were asking, Dwight. It's very difficult to not only convey to your kids what's being done to them, uh, we're um, being electronically harassed. It's out of this world here. Um, not only the V2K, everything else, you know, it's very difficult. So. Okay, I, I didn't fully quite understand that. If you're the TI or your children are the TI, and of course, the goal of every TI is to try to get sympathy and understanding from those around them, especially their families or from, you know, the police or FBI or cops. And that's unfortunately a very, very rare circumstance. So all you can do is give them information and say, this matches up with my symptoms. But if you harp too much, too long, all the time to, let's say, your children, I don't know if you're the target or if they are, um, you, well, uh, you're going you're oh. to end up turning them off uh, to it. So you've got to do it in doses, and you've got to give them books, ask them to be sympathetic, ask them to read. But remember, they have no power. There's nothing they can do to help you. This is much, much bigger than you think. This is worldwide. Oh, Rob, Rob, have you heard Dr. John Hall's latest interview on uh, uh, the Alex Jones show? I did. I actually, well, I, I watched part of it. Yeah, I got part he, of it. He, yeah. he, did, he did talk a lot about blocking and protecting yourself. I didn't catch that part. I'll have to rewatch it. Um, I haven't heard of his blocking techniques. I'd be curious, and I'm uh, surprised he didn't consult me since I've been studying this for over a decade on uh, defense. Um, what I saw him talk about on the Alex Jones show was uh, the, I think it's the ICAAT, uh, Jesse Beltran's group, in a, in a microwave Faraday cage showing how a radio frequency detector on the target uh, triggers frequencies, and then on the control group, those not targeted have no radio frequencies being emitted from them. Uh, that's pretty much all I saw him say on the Alex Jones show. Um, so I may have missed part of it. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, um, he did talk a lot. Uh, I made sure I caught this, and I'm going to yeah, yeah, do you have time to tell me briefly what he was saying? Yeah, he said uh, all tar targeted individuals should learn blocking techniques and learn to block with uh, metals, mu metals. Uh, okay, mu metals, correct. And the reason for mu metal, uh, obviously, superconductor, which I actually create in my garage, but it costs for a coffin-sized liquid nitrogen container $10 million, so most people can't afford that. But new metal uh, dampens uh, the magnetic field, and you, they're using a couple really advanced surveillance techniques uh, called electron paramagnetic spin of resonance, and they're also doing nuclear magnetic resonance. On certain ions, 
in the body, and the body itself is a uh, an antenna. So these are better classified as resonance weapons than they are uh, directed energy weapons or microwave weapons. All all those frequencies matter. Elf weapon, elf weapons. But the the truth is, they're resonance weapons. And so if okay. you can deplete the magnetic field, which mu metal dampens it. Yes, that will should alleviate some of the programming, some of the pain that they can uh, give uh, into your nervous system. So that's can you, a, that's can a you give us some examples? Nice can you give us some examples of mu metal? Um, mu metal is a nickel uh, alloy. Uh, you can buy it in sheets off the internet. It's about when I bought it. It's about seventy-five dollars for three feet of it. So it's not inexpensive, and especially if you want to create a little eating cage. About two two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks to cover your cave with new metal. And uh, the other thing, you know, a lot of people say, well, use aluminum or copper. Well, it's good. It's better than iron because it's not a diamagnetic substance. Uh, so the magnetic fields of the earth or anything else can't uh, will end up going through iron. But um, those other substances can only reflect a little bit of radar energy and if we all have to light through it, uh, it it's kind of useless uh, on the most part. And what you should be looking for is what they use in the stealth bomber, uh, ceramic and rubber, and then the third ingredient called Teflon. And uh, there's one more that's uh, top secret, um, but those, substances actually absorb uh, radar energy. You can put microwave absorbing cones and stuff, but most of this is below, way below microwave frequency. Um, you can use microwave weapons, you know, full spectrum, basically, that have biomimetic uh, uh, effects on the body, but uh, it's really the lower frequencies that you're concerned about. Everything below one megahertz, one megahertz and below is what you really want to block. And uh, my volume one project soul kept, I go through the mathematics of theory of why that is. So that I one on that killing spree, uh, I like this. Yeah. And uh, he said, my yellow weapon. Well, he wasn't lying, but it's more complicated than that. He also is going to be saying microwave pyramid. And they really are different things. So the full spectrum is used. Um, but uh, for the pain that's being created in the body, uh, it's usually uh, something below 1.4 megahertz. Um, so I'm curious what uh, Dr. Hall was saying in terms of shielding. What do you recommend? 
Uh, well, he didn't really recommend anything on what I heard. I haven't heard the whole uh, interview yet either. I plan on recording it uh, on my uh, using my uh, Camtasia studio, the whole interview. But uh, I the part I heard, he really didn't get into it yet. Uh, so you recommend a, a safe place as being like in a completely child bathroom? Since the yeah. Ceramic? Yeah. Yeah. That will just dampen the effects. And some of the TIs that I've studied, a completely piled bathroom, when they're being targeted so heavily, they think they're going to fall and collapse on their knees. They would go into a tiled bathroom and they're able to have far less pain, cut it into a third. And, uh, and that's also a property that uh, absorbs. Uh, certain frequencies, uh, a radar frequency. So, yeah, it's only on one of them. Teflon has a different property, and it uh, causes a static charge. And part of the weapon system they're using, I said, was electro spin resonance. And you can change the uh, field. Slowly and constantly, and you'll have to figure out discharges it, and then adds free on it, like from a negative ion generator. That's what the receivers uh, they have to have the constant in order to resonate the body, the, the nuclear structures of the atom of interest in the nervous system. So that's another technique. And it all requires magnetism. We're flooded with it. That's the first magnetic field. But there are ways that you can create an artificially intense magnetic field, too. Uh, it's very complex. The greatest weapon system ever built. So, would rare earth magnets help you? So, the, the, they would, in the sense, uh, initially. Um, and especially if you put the poles against each other, so, you know, a North Pole against the North Pole or a South Pole against the South Pole, that actually helps temporarily but the system adapts. And so you would have to create uh, uh, coils that are constantly changing the magnetic field around your environment and your body uh, in a semi-state manner, and their, their system can't adapt to it. So it's, uh, you have some electronic engineering background, which is quite possible. Um, uh, about to go out of our five-hour time limit and get cut off at the end of the show. Another one will start up. Everybody would uh, keep quiet in the background. Uh, okay. Uh, no, no, no. We've got people in the background. Uh, yeah, it's a, a silicone, silicone rubber would help. Is that true? Um, I don't. I 
crossover. Think about what we are doing. This is more important than the revolution we had uh, from the uh, oppressive forces of England. This is more important than the simple war. We are fighting for the very right to our souls and minds. This is the greatest war, and you should feel privileged that you're in the now and that you are part of this fight uh, to free people's souls. I mean, this is against the devil itself. So I respect all of you for uh, being part of it. Yes, and as long as they're attacking everybody, it's just those people that have noticed and can't be controlled that are attacking the worst. Yes, it's trying to control the whole population. Yeah, there's a war there. Yeah.
and understood further questions from any individuals that have called No, uh, other than Dwight, we need to get Dr. Duncan back on and Cynthia Hamill and even, you know, anybody that, uh, you know, as of uh, noteworthy mentioned back on this with uh, Colin Rosen. Probably get Peter Rosen on
rows of it, 50 yards long at uh, Lowe's. Uh, I made me a new device for my head. Uh, I still use my body cover, but uh, I notice sometimes my head, I would kick around and knock, knock it out from under me. So I made a uh, PVC frame and reflect, fixed it. And uh, with a flap in the front, and I just slide under it. And I used it last night or this morning when I went to sleep, and I slept nine hours undisturbed. And it was a it was a goal for me that uh, I haven't seen this year. Uh, I'm sleep deprived. They wake me up every two hours. Uh, sometimes they wake me up, startle me, and make me jump out of the bed. I go, why did I jump out of the bed? Uh, they used to say the noise. Yeah, coils, right? Yeah, yeah. possible. Well, I use reflections on top of the coil bed. It's the only way I can get back in the bed. Uh, my bed has a sheet of reflection. No, it has a sheet of reflection under the uh, bed sheet. Under the bottom sheet, I have a whole sheet of reflections. And it blocks out all the heat. I don't get hot anymore. And I don't feel like I'm being cooked on the bed. Wow. Uh, it was until I discovered this stuff at uh, Lowe's that I was able to return to sleep on a bed. Previous to that, I could only sleep on a cushion couch. Hey, Jack. Yeah. You just gave me an idea. Um, my mom used to be a quilter and made some of the blankets that we used to use. Couldn't uh, the reflectors actually be put inside the blanket? Oh, that's true, too. Yes, it could. And it would, probably, it would probably reduce some of the heat uh, because otherwise the reflectors against the body would reflect the body. Not only that, it wouldn't be aesthetically, um, you know, sour, per se. You know? Right. Um, it wouldn't make you look like uh, you're crazy. Exactly. <laughs> To reflect itself, are they similar to Mylar and Uh The Reflectix is a double Mylar bubble wrap type material. It's uh, insulation for the home. If you go to a home site, look for a silver bubble wrap looking material. It is double Mylar uh, bubble wrap. And, and, and even laying on it, you don't pop the bubble. Pretty strong, pretty sturdy stuff. Outlast the Mylar emergency blankets by years. Uh, I'm still using the people foot rope I bought four years ago when I started uh, sleeping on a bed again. I just used up, let's see, I probably got six foot left. I used uh, about uh, four foot, maybe five foot on the uh, design I made for my head last night. Uh, I used a PVC frame for it, and I used the uh, Mylar uh, tape, which is uh, uh, UL1A11B-FX. You can buy that also at Lowe's, Mylar tape. Uh, or you can use the aluminum tape, tape that I advertised earlier, the 3M metal repair tape, full tape. Three three eight one. Um, you get uh, it's almost two inches by fifty yards, and it's about seven or eight dollars a roll. 
two feet. Uh, and one row usually lasts me uh, a little over a month. And I use this on my hands. I use it on my uh, thighs, uh, on a pair of long johns. Uh, I firmly believe in what Dr. John Hall said about blocking. Uh, on his last interview with Alex Jones, you have to block. You have to uh, use your bathroom tiles. Remember what Robert said. That ceramic tile will absorb some of the micro, uh, some of the uh, frequencies, uh, especially in the low range, the one megahertz to two megahertz range. Uh, again, he mentioned uh, mu metals. Um, if you can find a uh, metal, you know, ask them what type of new metal they have. That's a nickel alloy.
The high permeability makes new metals useful for shielding against static or low frequency magnetic fields. Well, I've heard that we call it a frequency of around 100 megahertz for one of the frequencies. I know there's another frequency. Uh, you recorded what? Uh, there, there are high wave strong signals around 100 megahertz. Right, right. You might record a high frequency, but sometimes they piggyback these these low frequencies. The ones that they're messing yeah. with your mind with yeah. are one or two
There are a number of different property formulations of the alloy are sold under trade names such as Mu Metal, Mu Metal, and Mu Metal Two. Uh, so if you can afford to buy good shielding, Mu Metal is a good shielding because, it, like Dr. Robert Duncan said, it uh, affects the electron spin. Hey Dwight. Yes. Segway really quick. I just got done watching a news segment on the D.C. Uh, killing of the uh, African-American wo uh, woman with the child in the car. And yes. they're, they're already trying to build a delusional case against her. But they had her entire family. There were about nine or ten people standing uh, behind her saying that she's not delusional. Five-hour call termination.
of neighborhood groups. They are forming farming neighborhood watches. I have sat with the radio controller of a neighborhood farm watch as he radios around the farms in the evening to check in. One by one, the farmers answering back, yes, I'm here, yes, I'm here, yes, I'm here. The same thing the following morning until of course the morning comes where someone doesn't answer that radio. And the reason that they're radioing is because these attacks happen in the night. Gangs of black men armed often with arms they have got in um, and attack these families. And some people say, well, you know.
the argument. Then it goes to, to 1994 and, and the coming of, of the, the new South Africa. During the, the Codesa uh, discussions, uh, it, it was those, those conventions held to, to bring about the peaceful, uh, well, su supposedly a peaceful uh, a transition from the old, the old regime to, to the new one. Uh, legislation was, was passed after that, uh, creating what was called a land claims court and land claims system and a land claims commission in which those communities, white and black, that were affected negatively by the apartheid system because there were land grabs. There was uh, expropriation under the apartheid system that was not done legally and unethically. Those were, were handled by that restitution process and it was finished and finalized. So there are no land claims left in South Africa. There are no. The, the black people who legitimately had claims against the, the apartheid regime, they, they were called for. They, they were either compensated or they received those, those areas back. So it's not about giving land back. It is taking land from the rightful owners and giving them to another population group, supposedly, because we know the expropriation bill, as it lies there now, does not give the, 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 the land back into black ownership. It gives it in, into the hands of the state. It's communism that's being being uh, brought about by, by land, uh, land expropriation. So I, I just want to emphasize that point very clearly. Yeah, um, Katie, if, if, what I want to say is if, if one of our politicians says that we don't need the farmers because food comes from checkers and pick and pay, which is the uh, equivalent of Walmart here in the USA, what hope do you possibly have that the people uh, even know that without the farmers they're going to starve? They, they, if, if a politician in charge of agriculture says that openly, that we don't need the farmers. And, and we've seen the wreckage of the farms that have been handed over. And now they're going to take them away without compensation. And the banks have already said, we don't care. If the state takes your farm, you still owe us whatever is owing on your mortgage and loans that you've taken. What hope is there for whites in South Africa? Because that law does not just apply to farmers. It applies to everybody across the board. Businesses, uh, residences, everything. Even your intellectual property can be taken away from you. What hope do these people have with an estimated one million whites living in squatter camps or under a tree in the bush or in their car, if they're lucky enough to own one. What hope is there for the remaining about two million whites? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think a couple of things on that. I, I think, uh, I remember seeing, I have pictures still on my phone of them actually, of the, of the huge signs of the advertising kind of billboard style signs uh, that are saying, you know, thank farmers you have food to eat. And and I really wanted, and they were up in some of the lands where uh, I've got, I mean, the sprawling, sprawling farmlands of the north, these billboards. I wanted to kind of take those billboards and put them up to the farms where that are attacked, because I agree with you, there is a weird, they don't really add up. So, so when you say to a farm attacker, I met with a farm attacker, a man who said that he had been involved in the attacks on farms. He had been uh, a link man in terms of getting the gang inside the farm, giving the information uh, for them to be able to attack the, the white farming family better. He had said, when you, when you question these individuals and say, what will happen when there's no farmers left? What will happen when there's no one left to feed you? They don't make that link at all. There is no 
link in a gang member or uh, those working against whites in South Africa or white farmers. There is no link in their mind whatsoever that that has any impact on the food chain at all. And and that sounds acutely odd to say that, and it sounds like it, it's just saying that everybody is ignorant. I am not. I'm just saying that there is no link between the need for farms and how they get their food. I, I completely agree with, with your point and what you're saying the narrative is, which is that our food comes from Walmart. That is very much believed as it's seen on the land and if you speak to farm attackers or people coordinating attacks on farms. Uh, and the other thing I think, uh, when you say what hope is there uh, for the two million or so whites or million or so whites uh, in South Africa, I mean, I think hope is hope is hard uh, to find in South Africa, that's for certain. I struggled in my journey there, as in my physical journey, I struggled with that at time because it was so overwhelmingly sad. Um, having gone to the slums, and I'll admit, hands up, and this may be slightly uh, a racially ignorant thing to say, I did not recognize that white people lived in slums in this way in South Africa. Having visited a family who the mother and father forced to move in with their daughter, already living in a slum building, no running water, no power, no flooring to speak of, uh, one window, all her children in that building, uh, outside to use a bathroom, right next to the rubbish, the communal rubbish dump. I mean, and the family, the father and the mother then forced to go and live with the daughter because he couldn't find work anymore when he lost his job because he's white. Uh, seeing whites living in slums like that, I had not recognized that's where many people uh, forced from their lands or forced out of jobs were ending up. And, and that was crippling. Uh, in in so many ways, the just absolute desperation of living in utter filth, and and the the lady of that the the mother just crying and crying because she not only was ashamed that they lived like that, but was feeling that what you know what is the point? What is the point of this life? And then I guess hope for me came from the families who still have resilience, who are still on their farms, which seems to be a the key way of holding on to something that makes life sustainable in any sense is holding on to the farm, belonging to some kind of radio support neighborhood network. And then my, my sense is um, more from a military strategic perspective and uh, from working with the Sudalanders and speaking with them and others is that these, this need to retreat to a defendable space is certainly where we'll end up in South Africa, to retreat to a defendable space and then to fight back or fight to defend that last remaining space. I mean, we already see it in South Africa, of course, with the gated communities, with the people who are sufficiently wealthy to be able to live behind uh, fortresses. I think what will happen for the remaining whites in South Africa that are able to get into the space is that there will need to be some kind of fortress type establishment set up uh, to defend that last space. But I mean, those are that's a few years down the line. I think for now, what kind of stays with me is um, Bernard and others acknowledging that they don't know, it's not a question of uh, if a farm attack will come, but when, and this is a judgment who'd already been attacked, but the sense that when they go to bed at night, they go to bed acknowledging it might be tonight. And if it's not tonight, then it might be tomorrow. So a sense uh, that it is when the attack comes 
and then in many senses the sense that they've handed over the outcome of that to God and this sense that this was in a higher there's a higher sort of force at work and that they will entrust everything to God in the land and I don't know whether part of that is because what else can you do if you have nothing left to believe in what else can you do but I can say as a mum you know I have a young son and sometimes at night my son thinks the monsters have come, you know, so I have to get up and I have to put the light on and I have to look behind the wardrobe or look under his bed and show him that there's no monsters. But in South Africa, uh, in the nighttime is when monsters do come and the monsters are real. And the stuff those monsters have done to women I've spoken to, a lady whose husband was shot in front of her, in front of her daughters, her daughter going to get her little piggy bank and offering it to the man as long as he wouldn't kill her mummy. You know, this is the stuff. When people, when South Africans go to bed at night and lock up, you know, they know that if they don't check those locks, if, they, if those locks fail, or if, if the attackers come and, and are determined to get in, uh, then the end and the, the end is, is not a good one. And I would also say that even in a hospital situation, I have seen whites being left unattended being treated horribly by staff in hospitals in South Africa because they are told, you know, if you're not a brother, you don't need to get proper treatment. And a lady I met who had half her face shot away by gangs uh, in hospitals, she received some of the cruelest treatment because she's white and the nursing staff felt no need to care for her. So it's a a very, very depressing uh, situation, but I think the strength of the resilience of South Africans, the the sheer the sheer towering force of South Africans and their relationship with the land is something that stayed with me and is something that drives me when I get overwhelmed by the stories from South Africa. I kind of go back to those men reminding me that the land is what matters and that they will continue the fight and they will never leave their land. They say they will die in their boots for the love of their land. And there is something in that that is ultimately reassuring. I can't articulate it as eloquently as they do, but that enduring spirit of being at one with the land, I think is so huge. Uh, and that and that's really the, the, what I try and bring as a message when I'm trying to introduce people uh, to this topic. Many people, of course, have never even heard of this topic. Many people are surprised that any of this is going on. Many people have never heard of any attacks on white farmers in South Africa. Um, And hence, yeah, as to your earlier introduction, people like me who've sat amongst it and cried amongst it are labelled conspiracy theorists. And, you know, the sadness for me is that, uh, and sometimes when I'm having a difficult time, people will say, yes, but...
Yeah, yeah, you can laugh. I'm the bloke that gets all the roots around here, boy. Difference between a 12-inch cock and an onion, nothing. They both bring tears to your eyes. Yes, sir, I'm the main man, I'm the man, I'm the man, I get all the roots. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, I'm the man, I get the roots. Here's me and the boys. Pull the big red root truck up in front of McDonald's today. Big dual cab full of shit. Truck drivers know what I'm talking about. Chip wrappers, coke tins. Yeah, full condoms with knots in them from your mum's house, mate. <laughs> Fuck off, mate. You got everything. Filled up three big McDonald's garbage bins with the shit out of our truck. The manager walks out, he goes, what do you think you do? I said, we're putting in the rubbish in your fucking McBin, mate. That's what we're McDoing. And as soon as we McFinish, me and the McRadies, we're all going in your nice clean McToilets and we're all going to pump a big McShit each Mc in there. Going to give you back a couple of McNuggets, you McFuck. You get in there and make me a big McShit burger. And make sure it's got plenty of McMayonnaise. If it didn't have McMayonnaise, you couldn't McTaste it. And make sure it's got a McSponge, McRubber, McBun too. I'll kick your McGarbage bins all over, you piss-ant, narrow, fuck-ass little McDriveway. It ain't big enough for a McCar. I'll back me McFour-wheel drive.